This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. So what's on our plate today? Mangosteen. Mangosteen is one of the most admired and loved tropical fruits, and is even sometimes hailed as the queen of fruits. Her king? Durian. According to Chinese philosophy, the primary forces that influence the body's health are elements of hot and cold. According to this concept of dualism, the balance between yin and yang, mangosteens supply the cool element to offset the heat of durian, another beloved Southeast Asian fruit. Many people therefore like to consume the two fruits, the king and the queen, at the same time. A perfect pair. If you want to learn more about the king of fruits, go back to episode 53 for the food buzz, History of Durian. But right now, it's time to focus our attention on the queen. Mangosteen is a tropical fruit about the size of a tangerine. It has a thick, smooth, leathery, maroon-colored shell that surrounds aromatic, snow-white segments of juicy, soft flesh. On average, a mangosteen will have five or six of those triangular, floral-scented wedges inside, which can be seedless or contain a few flat seeds. Mangosteens offer a sweet, tart, tropical flavor that has been described as a delicious mix of lychee, peach, strawberry, and pineapple. Farmers, explorers, and royalty going back centuries have shared the opinion that the mangosteen is the most exquisite fruit of the tropics. All hail the queen. Just to give one example, David Fairchild, a 19th and 20th century food explorer for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, who introduced thousands of different plant varieties into the U.S., including avocados, dates, and nectarines, said that the mangosteen was his favorite. Fairchild came across the mangosteen on the island of Java in the Indian Ocean in 1896. He wrote of his experience, It is so delicate that it melts in the mouth like ice cream. The flavor is quite indescribably delicious. So if you're lucky enough to get your hands on this exotic tropical fruit royalty, how should you eat it? Mangosteens are most commonly eaten fresh or juiced, and some claim that the darker the color, the better the taste. At their apex, mangosteens have about four to eight flat, woody lobes arranged in a rosette. These correlate to the number of segments inside, so the more lobes, the more wedges of fruit. To test mangosteen for ripeness, give it a squeeze. Ripe fruits will be soft, yielding to pressure, and can be scored and then peeled fairly easily. Use a sharp knife to cut through the shell all the way around the middle and simply lift off the top. Just be careful when removing the flesh from the bottom half of the shell, as the shell contains a purple juice that will stain. Mangosteens can also be canned or frozen but many say that these methods compromise the praised flavor and delicate texture of this tasty tropical fruit. Mangosteens are most often used for sweet applications, like baked goods, sorbet or ice cream, and drinks, like a mangosteen margarita. 
In parts of Thailand and Goa, mangosteens are even used in curry. Companion ingredients include citrus, apple, pineapple, banana, kiwi, watermelon, pomegranate, butter, and vanilla. Mangosteen is highly valued for its concentration of antioxidants and for its antifungal, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory properties. In traditional medicine, it has even been promoted as an alternative cancer treatment thanks to its potential ability to combat free radicals and improve the immune system. However, clinical studies to support such claims are lacking. Mangosteen has been growing wild since ancient times and is native to select regions of Southeast Asia, presumably originating in Malaysia and the Sunda Islands of Indonesia. Some evidence suggests that the tree may have been first domesticated in Thailand or Burma. European colonists stumbled upon the mangosteen in Southeast Asia, and because the fruit spoiled so quickly, a rumor spread that Queen Victoria would reward anyone who could bring her the fresh fruit. Whether that were true or not, it was enough to inspire the mangosteen's widely accepted title as the Queen of Fruits. Mangosteen was being grown in English greenhouses in the mid-1800s, and subsequently its culture was introduced into the Western Hemisphere, where it became established in many West Indian islands, notably Jamaica, and later on in the mainland of Central America, in countries like Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, and Ecuador. The United States Department of Agriculture received seeds from Java in 1906, thanks again, David Fairchild, but cultivation proved to be difficult, as even Fairchild addressed when he wrote, Of course, I immediately wanted to see this fruit on the American market, but there were many difficulties to be overcome. The mangosteen generally does not prosper outside the tropics, and is usually found fresh only in local markets. In the time of Queen Victoria, the difficulty was spoilage. In our time, the difficulty is twofold, fruit flies and growing limitations. Importation of mangosteen was illegal in the United States until 2007 over fears of introducing the Asian fruit fly to domestic crops. Today, imported mangosteens from Southeast Asia must first be irradiated to eliminate the pest. As for the growing limitations, mangosteens are particular with their cultivation needs, and they just aren't bred for standard supermarket criteria. Fruits that you can always find amongst produce displays at major markets are ones that grow reliably, are quickly harvested, ripen fast, ship well, and can last a few days on the stand, your kitchen counter, or in your fridge. The mangosteen, however, takes a decade to start fruiting, requires high humidity and heavy rainfall, is picky about elevation, can't withstand temperature below 40 degrees Fahrenheit, and even then, its yield is uncertain. Mangosteens also do not ripen any further once they are picked, so the easily bruised fruit will start to degrade after it is harvested. Not impossible, but also not ideal for shipping, handling, and shelf life. But people are starting to test the boundaries of their taste buds, demanding flavor and novelty, venturing out of the standard supermarket produce aisle, and taking to the streets, aka local markets and specialty shops, when need be, to find such exotic treats. Unless you want the world to be left with only mass-produced, supermarket-approved fruits and veggies, it's important to support the farmers who are growing such unique, tricky, sometimes ancient treasures like the mangosteen, as well as the suppliers who support them. Today, mangosteen trees are cultivated primarily on small-scale farms and sold at local markets throughout Southeast Asia. Thailand is the largest producer and exporter, responsible for about half of the world's supply 
with cultivation also occurring in southern Vietnam, Burma, Malaysia, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, Singapore, and the Philippines. Outside of Southeast Asia, they have thrived especially in southern India and Queensland in northeastern Australia. They also grow on a small commercial scale in about 15 or so countries throughout Central America and the Caribbean. The United States does not grow mangosteen commercially, no surprise with its ultra-tropical climate requirements, though local and small-scale attempts have been made in California and Florida, both of which have not fared well, and also in Hawaii, where they are sometimes found at local markets, thanks to local growers who have nurtured this special but challenging tree. So the U.S. mainly imports our mangosteens from Thailand, where they are available year-round, and from Mexico and Guatemala, which have a peak season in the summer. So if and when you get the chance to meet the queen, whether it's at a specialty grocery store or at a local farmer's market, if you're lucky enough to find yourself in a growing region, trust us, you don't want to miss the opportunity to introduce yourself. Long live the queen. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. As always, you can find more information, recipe ideas, and local market shares on the Specialty Produce app. Tune in next time for more food fables. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>